Welcome to the SCORE Life and Health Innovation Podcast, where we dive right into how innovation is driving change around the world in our life and health ecosystem. From founders to investors and corporates, our world is changing rapidly, and we want to come together with you to explore those changes to understand and live transformation with SCORE. As one of the world's largest reinsurers, SCORE provides insurance companies with diverse and innovative solutions focused on the art and science of risk. Combining technical expertise and experience, SCORE leverages global know-how in over 80 countries focused on the life and health insurance industry. My name is Nia Escobar-Kolo and I am your host for today. I'm part of the Life and Health Ventures team and I'm excited to share with you experiences, ideas and thoughts from individuals who are revolutionizing the life and health reinsurance landscape with a wider perspective of our ecosystem. Innovators can wear many hats throughout their career. As a proof, today we're talking to Eugene Borukovich, a serial intra and entrepreneur, executive, venture builder, and board advisor with a focus in digital health and many years of experience in both the corporate and entrepreneurial world. Eugene is a chairman and founding board member of Your Coach Health, a startup focused on empowering health coaching with an enriched approach on individuals and groups. Exited founder, consultant and runner, let's explore our ecosystem with Eugene. Thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. Uh, Eugene, can you tell us who you are and what your coach is? Sure. So uh, Eugene Borovich, and I am a co-founder, chairman, and uh, actually stepped into a COO role at Your Coach Health. You know, myself, I kind of describe myself very quickly as a serial intro and entrepreneur. So I go from kind of my own startup to large organizations. Um, I just exited after three and a half years, Bayer, whichever side pond you're on, where I was globally heading up a team in digital health. And uh, we either worked with or created our own startups or invested into. And it was time to join my amazing wife in this startup, Your Coach, which is our goal is to enable uh, billions of people on this planet with uh, health coaching squads uh, on demand. So, I mean, health coaching has been a very popular concept for more or less the past 15 years. But in the last, let's say, five years, we've seen it develop from uh, this very general approach to include symptom management, disease management, prevention, giving it a much more complex scope of work. So why is the approach that your coach health is taking and how is it different from other platforms? Yeah, I guess I'll I'll back up a little bit. So indeed, uh, I think the health coaching goes back actually almost 20 years. You know, a health coach is really your trusted partner and a mentor who empowers you as an individual to achieve your goals related to health, wellness, mindset, and also encourages you you as a client or an individual, but very much science-backed and behavior-driven lifestyle modifications, right? And so I think, you know, as an industry in healthcare, we've been talking about prevention and wellness. And, you know, actually through, honestly, this COVID crisis, we all realized that, you know, in this case, the virus does not discriminate and even more focus on your immune system. How do you change your behavior? How do you prevent uh, chronic disease management? So that's kind of on one side. The individuals just want to be the best version of themselves and environment and what you eat and even music therapy and other things impact your daily lifestyle. 
So, I mean, I know that this differential point that you're applying in your coach health, you're also, I mean, you're taking coaching and you're enabling individuals, but also groups through science-backed, behavior-driven lifestyle modifications. So could you tell us a bit more about this holistic approach? And our view is that health coaching is a highly personalized, and while we can industrialize this process, we very much believe that it's actually one-on-one individual or small groups that work together to accomplish their goals. Now, the science and behaviors, so there are science behind, for example, motivational interviewing, right? Um, you know, how do you approach that individual? And health coaches actually learn that quite heavily in during their practice. That's actually a great perspective. And how does it look like when I am the one who wants to be coach? So if I go to your coach health, uh, what is my experience and what can I expect? And what kind of coaching can I get as well? This profession is what I would say is highly specialized. So there are uh, sleep coaches, there's nutrition coaches, um, there are coaches for, and I'm picking as middle-aged men, busy traveling professionals, right? So everybody's got their niche. Underlying all of that are actually some of those uh, uh, very critical components to health coaching around the mindset, behavior change, and, uh, and motivational techniques. You as a client can sign up today. There's, uh, you can search for coaches, you know, you can type in fertility or uh, mindset or, um, you know, a- any topic that you're interested in and you can find a coach. Uh, we are a young startup. We have probably about, about 175 coaches on the platform since uh, early this year. Um, following with with the idea of you know how the pandemic and how COVID nineteen is actually changing uh, the way maybe technology and especially like you were mentioning before digital uh, technology applied in healthcare is changing because we've been forced to react to uh, pretty unpredictable situations. So technologies or services like telehealth, uh, our digital therapeutics are experiencing an increased acceleration and, and of course an adoption because of confinement limitations. So people cannot go to the doctor anymore or they cannot get their traditional services or even they cannot pick up their own medication. So we see that this is enhanced by loose regulation and of course from government government entities and by physicians and by insurance company. What is your take on this and where do you think we're heading in the future? Literally no choice but Go telehealth, you know, um, you know, certain digital therapeutics, um, a lot of the, you know, mental health um, and, and virtual services. You know, if I jump into, you know, the pharmaceutical industry, virtual clinical trials, right, all of a sudden just got, I mean, there's no other choice. Or on the Salesforce side of e-detailing and reaching out to the doctors, there's no choice but... And so, you know, one of the biggest challenges for any adoption is what I call, you know, switching cost. And by the way, this is not actual dollars, euros, um, and et cetera. This is actual behavioral changes of individuals that it takes a lot to switch, right, to something else. When you have no choice, that particular switching cost goes down significantly, as we've seen in the last, let's say, two months. On the other side, from a cost perspective, all of a sudden the budgets in all of these organizations are realigned and deals are being done on the digital side 
literally overnight. So that's kind of what we're seeing now in the marketplace. I think going forward and talking about the regulatory, we will see how much of uh, this will snap back. I don't see any of it snapping back fully. So I think it's overall positive for A, us and healthcare consumers, because we're now, healthcare has been snapped into what we're all used to in other industries. And then B, I think we'll find tremendous efficiencies in all of this, where the, the struggling of the cost structures of the healthcare ecosystems around the world. Developing innovation is, of course, people. Focusing on on supporting people, on developing their potential, and then taking them and maybe guiding them into directions that are not just good for them, but for organizations, right? So from your experience supporting, especially entrepreneurship, like you mentioned in the beginning, so what good practices can, for example, insurance companies and corporates focus on to engage the different layers of talents? And, And if you could share with us some examples of what you've done in the past. I'm actually a big believer that I uh, entrepreneurship, I would even say, it's hard to say if it's harder. I felt it was much more challenging. You know, sure, as an entrepreneur, you know, we have investors, um, you know, we're trying to hack away at kind of client acquisition, but very much we're in control or or, or really pushing things forward. Um, Being an entrepreneur, and of course depends on the organization, you know, my, my view of it always was A, block the team to deliver on the mission, right? Uh, That kind of, I saw my, my role as that. Um, And um, really uh, the other aspect I think is, you know, really trust your team individuals and people to do the right thing right and i you know in a lot of cases large organizations uh it's about you know command and control and um i i think you know every individual uh we we actually had a rule on my one of my older teams is it doesn't matter what your title is you know whether you are fresh intern or a seasoned senior vice president, doesn't matter. Everybody's opinion counts, right? So I think A, uh, blocking teams and making sure that they have the room to navigate uh, as entrepreneurs. I did not believe in um, kind of the command and control. It was more around driving the passion of individuals. Um, That's the other one. And then the thing, the third piece that I would like to also say is, you know, the typical kind of the career growth uh, ladder climbing. I think I'm a big fan of having people excel in what they excel uh, and become the best at what they actually love doing versus forcing people into certain roles. And I think, you know, all of that combined to me drives actually entrepreneurship and letting people truly experiment. And I know that a lot of times, and scarcity breeds creativity, right? So it doesn't mean that, you know, experimentation means a lot of cash to burn. I kind of looked at the three Fs. Um, So one is to have this good fear in the team, right? Kind of how do you leap forward and take some risks? The second part, always have fun with it. But then comes focus, right? Focus on laser focus and execution, and I think all those three combined now, if we will take help drive a that bit of a step back spirit. and we look into different organizations, you know, we see that players uh, in the health and life ecosystems are and mentality also in organizations. People want to and organizations, they want to cooperate and they're building connections, especially around data, 
customer experiences, product development, and many more exciting projects like you were mentioning before, right? So where do you see maybe this ecosystem developing and evolving into uh, for players like insurance companies, health providers, and of course, ultimately patients? It's interesting. If we look at kind of, I'll say the digitalization of the industries, right? Um, I think if we look at insurance companies, as an example, notoriously, it's pricing risk. You know, how do you shift from pricing risk to pricing health, right? And, and how do you actually make that pivot? You know, ACOs, hospitals, et cetera. Again, you know, how do you look at really outcomes versus, you know, procedure-based, right, planning? Uh, if we look at life sciences companies, you know, it's been molecular development, but then how do you look at it from a services and holistic approach uh, versus a particular or in comorbidities? And the way I very much look at this now is there are all these subsectors that are good at what they do, right? And of course, there's some companies uh, ahead and beyond. Now, let's talk about, you know, tech giants that have been entering um, the, you know, the health and healthcare market, they're good at understanding consumers, right? So to me, this holistic health and pricing health and understanding health and going across comorbidities and prevention, nobody actually owns that market today, right? Um, I think every part of the ecosystem today is trying to do what they're good at and looking at how do they sort of extend their own life. Um, and the only people that can benefit for tighter cooperation um, and partnerships in these joint venture kind of concepts, I think is us healthcare consumers. So if I had to leave our listeners with one thought is, how do you shift your thinking to from what you as an individual or your company do now to what is also societal impact. Uh, and the reality is things are good for society. You can actually make money on. Eugene, thank you so much for the very interesting conversation. 